Reading first of all from the Gospel of Mark, now from the fifth chapter, beginning at the first verse. So Jesus and the disciples went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And then reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, the seventh chapter, in verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, this is quite a story. It uh, sounds like it kind of comes out of the old movie, The Exorcist. You know, the language about demons and demon possession may seem a bit bizarre to us. Not to people in the developing world, actually, but to us probably here. And we may assume that, therefore, this story doesn't have much to do with us. But the truth is, what Jesus did for that wild and crazy man, he can do for you and for me, if we give him the chance. 
So let me explain. So Jesus and the disciples, after the calming of the storm, which we saw last week, they made their way across to the shore to the land of the Gerasenes. And I don't know, maybe they were all looking for some R&R or something, but uh, it had been an exhausting time in uh, the life of both Jesus and the disciples. It was evening, and there was an eerie hush over the the area. Uh, They began to climb the, the bluff, the steep slope on up, and they were actually approaching a mountainside cemetery. When suddenly, out of the darkness, leapt this hideous, naked, strange creature who was clanging and dragging chains behind him. His body, we can imagine, was covered with bloody welts, and his arms were waving wildly, and and his hair was all entangled in a mass of twisted knots. And his movement seemed to indicate that he had superhuman power. But here was a man with a sick personality. He had a divided or a split personality. When Jesus asked him his name, and by the way, in those days, when you knew somebody's name, it was thought that you gained some measure of control over them. So when Jesus asked him his name, he gave a ready answer. My name is Legion. In other words, I am not one, but many. A legion of the Roman army consisted of 6,000 soldiers. So the man was saying, I don't know who I am. I am driven by 6,000 different forces and impulses, and I don't, impulses that I don't understand, I can't control. They are like thousands of soldiers of of a Roman legion, each one shouting their own commands and each one marching in their own direction. There are so many conflicting appetites and passions and frustrations and fears and hatreds and angers and passions in me. I feel sick on the inside. I don't know who I am. I have no centurion. I have no commander to make these things inside me march in order. Instead, they go off in all directions. And so as you can imagine, this this poor man was a mental wreck. For he was at war within himself. And it was literally driving him crazy. Now, as extreme a mental case as he was... And as foreign as it seems to us, we today are not without traces of his sickness. For we too are like legion, at war within ourselves. We want to be more loving, and yet at the same time we entertain absolutely hateful thoughts. We want to care, but sometimes at the very same moment we actually couldn't care less. We yearn to think of others, but even our most generous acts are tinged with self-concern. We want purity of heart. We long for that, and yet we can entertain some of the most impure thoughts that even shock us now and then. Part of us wants to serve Christ with all of our heart, and yet there's another part that just wants to be the captain of, you know, um, we want to be the captain of our own souls. Focus on ourselves and our own rights. 
part of us wants to do the responsible and good thing, but there's another part that wants to cast aside all restraints and give in to what is evil. So that you and I are divided on the inside. We want to reach for the stars, and yet we cling to the mud. Well, the Apostle Paul struggled over a divided personality. For he himself was saying, I don't understand who I am. I don't understand what these impulses are in me fully. For what I want to do, I do not do. But I end up doing what I hate to do. There is a war going on in me. What a wretched man I am. And sometimes we feel like that, you know? We can kind of say with the Apostle Paul, as we think about our lives and all the conflicting impulses in us, you know, sometimes we just want to say, man, I am wretched. <laughs> what a wretched person am I? When we're honest with ourselves, when we're in touch with our inner selves. So I'm saying that you and I, all to some degree, are legion. We are at war within ourselves, and that inevitably produces, actually, a feeling of wretchedness. We feel wretched when we are divided and in conflict on the inside because we have a hard time respecting ourselves. We know that we're better than that. I mean, but look at the man in the story. Night and day among the tombs, he'd cry out and cut himself with stones. If you don't like who you are, if you don't like what you're doing, if you're not at peace with yourself on the inside, you have a hard time respecting yourself. And so you want to cut yourself into a thousand pieces. Not only that, when we're at war within ourselves, we have a hard time living with other people. The inner conflict within the depths of one's personality often leads to outer conflict with others. Seems pretty obvious, but... No inner harmony, no outer harmony. Again, look at the man in the story. He withdrew from people for nobody could live with him, or maybe they pushed him out, I don't know. But he couldn't live with, with, in community. He confined himself to the isolation ward, and no place was more isolated than a, than a cemetery. I mean, such wretchedness. At war within himself, he declared war on everyone else. And that is how it can be for you and for me. Because our inner war breaks out when we go to pieces and explode over the smallest things. We make mountains out of molehills. And we let whoever happens to be beside us, who happens to be there, we let them have it. Even though they don't deserve it, right? So we lose our tempers and slam doors and maybe even some people break dishes. We use our tongues as a deadly weapon, uttering curses and oaths. And we may rant and rave like a lunatic. And you know what? People are put off. <laughs> they don't want to live with that. They'll push us away. Now, we may call it nerves or, you know, stress or lack of sleep or whatever. We say, I just don't know what came over me. When in the fact, the real reason is we simply lack, importantly lack, inner harmony. 
We are a tangled mass of conflicting passions and impulses, and we lack self-control. We take out our frustration on other people who must suffer along with us. What a wretched man that I am. It's wretched. Not being able to respect yourself. Not being able to live with others. But the good news, that's what the Gospel of Mark is all about, by the way. It's about good news. The good news is that you and I are not without hope because what gives us hope is that Jesus cured the man in the story. The story emphasizes the power and the thoroughness of Jesus' cure. He casts out legion into a herd of pigs and they rush headlong down the cliff into oblivion. So that if he, Jesus, can, can so powerfully cure a crazed lunatic, and restore him to his right mind, then he can do the same, surely, for you and for me, crazed as we can be sometimes. Jesus healed that man's fragmented personality. He brought to him a sense of unity, of coherence, of, of integration, of wholeness to his divided mind. Mark says that when the man was healed, he was found clothed and in his right mind. The Greek word in our text means a healthy mind, one that is able to exercise self-control and is able to curb one's passions and impulses appropriately. And that is exactly what the gospel is telling us, is that is exactly what our Lord can do for you and for me. It is Jesus Christ who can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. As we allow His Spirit to enter our lives, pride and anger and greed and lust and envy and all those negative impulses are brought under His control. Gradually, they do not have those impulses, don't have the same power over us that they used to have. We find that the Holy Spirit of God converts our wanter. Did you know we all have a, you have a wanter inside you? Well, the Holy Spirit converts our wanter, so we begin to want what God wants. Our dreams and our drives begin to match up with what God has in mind for you and for me. They begin to line up. Our desires and impulses begin to align with God's intentions. Our personalities become more unified, more integrated. We find wholeness and inner peace. In short, we experience salvation, which is not just about entering heaven when we die, but experiencing right now the wholeness and the health that comes from being in right relationship with God. And if we're in right relationship with God, then we can begin to be at right relationship with others and with ourselves. A state of peace and harmony with all. It's what, uh, what the Hebrews call shalom. It's not just the absence of conflict, right? Shalom, peace. But it's about entering into the fullness, the blessedness of being in right relationship with God. It's, it's bigger than just the absence of conflict. Inner peace, harmony. And when we're in harmony with God and with ourselves and with others, then we, can, we are truly in a blessed state Life becomes all that God intended it to be. 
Only Jesus Christ can bring this shalom, can bring this salvation, can, can bring this health. Only he can save us from ourselves. Oh, wretched man that I am, says Paul. Who shall rescue me? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. By restoring to wholeness the man's fragmented personality, Jesus also restored this fellow's self-respect. No more cutting himself with stones, no more self-destructive tendencies. He felt the Lord's love and acceptance, and now he could begin to love and to accept himself. He could again begin to feel like he was of value because he was loved. Nothing more than that. And the Lord enabled the man to live with others after having restored inner harmony to him. No longer under the domination of selfish and negative impulses that kept him in the tomb of isolation, he was now free to really love people. He was ready to live with and for others. And so the Lord sent him back to his own family and friends saying, go home and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he did so. And they were all amazed. Man, isn't that at the heart of the disciples' task of evangelism? Just go home. Go to your work. Go with the people that you love and tell them what the Lord has done for you. Show them the mercy that he has for you. Go and share that. And you just might find that people will be amazed. And maybe they might even look into it for themselves. The Lord can bring unity and wholeness to our divided personality. He can deliver us from the wretchedness of a life full of contradictions and conflict within and without. He promises to restore, restore our sense of self-respect, and he promises to make us easier to live with. And he may not do all these things instantly, but instantly he can make a new beginning in our lives as we open our lives to him and begin to follow his lead, marching in lockstep with him. Jesus Christ shows us how to live a truly human life. And this means making a serious effort to get to know him, and to study him, to actually, to actually follow him. What is needed is that you and I, who are legion, we need to make him the commander of our lives. Because you see, the trouble with the demon-possessed man in our story is that he had no commander. He had no general. He had no centurion who could bring order and meaning to his life. It was as if there were 6,000 different soldiers within him, 6,000 different forces that were shouting orders for him to obey. And he had no one who could bring those dis disparate and conflicting impulses and passions into some semblance of order. Can you imagine all these impulses going different ways? Who am I? 
Then he met Jesus, and suddenly everything was different. And it can be different for you and for me as well. Our personality really can change and be healed. He can put us in our right mind. We find self-control when we place ourselves under his control. The legion in us needs a centurion. Jesus Christ is that one. And we can meet him in the pages of the Bible. And as he he issues commands to us, that leads to life. Those commands are not onerous. They're not meant to keep us down, but they are meant to bring us true freedom. So let us submit to his authority on a daily basis and allow him to live through us. That is the key to good mental health. It's the key to keeping our sanity. It's the key to staying in a sound and right frame of mind. So the, the, the question then is for you and for me to ask, who's commanding our life? Is it legion or is it the Lord? Which one? Let's pray together. Lord, the healing of this raving lunatic, the fact that you were able to bring inner harmony to his war within does indeed give great hope to us. We who, even though we may be one person, can be so many different people at different times following so many different impulses. And we confess, Lord, that that inner harmony is not always there. And so we need you in our lives. We need you to bring order to us. Lord, be our centurion. Be our Lord. Help us to get our marching orders from you and from nothing else. For it's only as we march lockstep with you that we can enter into the fullness of life as you intended. Only you can put us in our right mind. We would listen and we would obey you. In the name of the one who taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.